This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Mile High Ambulance. The Emergency Medical Minute is excited to announce that we are now offering AMA, PRA, Category 1 credits. This is accessible through our online course modules that can be accessed at www.emergencymedicalminute.org backslash CME courses, or simply by clicking on the link in our show notes and creating an account. All right. Well, good evening, everybody, for who's here. So uh, I was going to do a little medical minute relating to a case uh, we had last week. So it was a pretty typical sign-out of uh, someone awaiting mental health evaluation, someone who had been intoxicated and suicidal, a male in his late 40s. And the kind of sign-out was that he uh, had a plan to potentially shoot himself as the means of his suicidal uh, ideation, and he did have guns in the home that was a known issue. So after he was sober, he had a mental health evaluation. HCAT saw him, and I talked with them, and they said, oh, you know, he's sober now. He's denying any suicidal thoughts. He seems very cooperative. And I said, well, what about his firearms? And they said, well, he doesn't really want to give those up. Uh, is there anything that we can do about those? And I said, well, I'm not really sure. Um, maybe I'll go talk to him. And I talked to him, and he was, again, very adamant that he was not going to give up his firearms, that he had two loaded weapons by his bedside. Uh, he was not willing to give them up. There was no family that, was willing to, that he was willing to talk to. And he was very adamant about that. So, you know, a couple quick things before I kind of finish the case off. Firearms are obviously a dangerous potential cause of uh, people attempting suicide. Um, overall, when people attempt suicide, there's only about a 5 to 15% kind of success rate of people actually killing themselves. But with firearms, it's 85 to 90%. So if people do attempt suicide with firearms, they are much more likely to be successful. Gun ownership in general is increasing uh, across the country. So a lot of people have either their own firearms or potentially access to firearms from someone that they know. So it is an important thing for us to kind of assess when we're assessing suicide risk and someone's danger of potentially harming themselves. This case did bring up the idea of Colorado's kind of uh, red flag laws. So there's laws in about 20 states, 19, 20 states right now, where people can have their weapons taken away from them if they are a danger to themselves or others. I didn't really know much about our law and like our physician or healthcare involvement with this law. So I did have to look into it a little bit. And in Colorado, the law went into effect in 2020. And the law, basically the way it works is either law enforcement or family or household members can petition a judge to have someone's firearms removed potentially against their will. So medical providers cannot initiate that. Uh, maybe we could work with law enforcement or family if they're willing to do it. And I don't know how quickly it gets done, but if it has to go through a judge, it's obviously not something that's going to get done immediately so we can send someone home safely. Um, there was a recent report that came out uh, after the law had been in effect for about a year to see what it was, how it was doing. And I think there are about 110 instances where the law was used in the first year. They were mostly initiated by uh, law enforcement and the rest were initiated by family or household members. And there were very few uh, instances where the law was kind of, or the petition was filed inappropriately. That was one of the concerns that people are just going to willy nilly kind of make complaints that people would have their guns taken away from them. And there were very few of those situations. So kind of back to our case here, we talked again with HCAP. They talked with the patient again. He was, again, very adamant and unwilling to give up his firearms. And with his kind of history of suicidal thoughts and firearms and not willing us to let us talk to family or give up his guns, he did get placed 
even though he said he wasn't suicidal anymore just because of that risk and danger. Um, I'm not sure if maybe while he's, you know, admitted, maybe they would work on potentially getting his firearms taken away. But uh, definitely, you know, the bottom line is access to firearms is something we should assess with patients who are suicidal. If there's family involved that can potentially take the guns away temporarily, that's probably the easiest thing, but it's not easy for us to have someone's guns taken away against their will. Uh, so we should take these patients very seriously as a potential danger to themselves. So any questions or comments? Thanks, everybody. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Health One Continental Division and Swedish Medical Center for their financial contributions to the EMM. Donations from them and listeners like you make it possible for us to fulfill our mission of producing and spreading free medical education to the masses. If you enjoy our show, please consider making a one-time or reoccurring donation to help cover our operational costs and keep the EMM awesome. Click on the link in our show notes to make a donation. Thank you for listening.